Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. You have your regular like cholesterol and you know things like that that, yes, you need to keep an eye on, you need to lower, but if you uncover those deeper healing opportunities like thyroid health and hormone issues, all that other stuff is just going to end up balancing itself out down the road anyway, once it begins to be addressed. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Well, we're going to be talking to Kurt Stratman, and he is a pretty interesting guy. I love people that talk about blood work because it is one of those things that every single health practitioner kind of runs in the Western medicine side of things, but the functional side of things takes it a step deeper and we look for patterns on that blood work. So it is a cheap thing, it's universal, it's easy to get, and it's very useful to clients when people know how to actually use it. So Kurt Stratman is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, certified fitness and nutrition coach, holistic life coach, certified personal trainer, and a level one precision nutrition graduate. Kurt is board certified with the American Association Association of Drugless Practitioners. He entered the holistic health arena with the desire to help as many people as possible change their lives for the better by taking a functional approach to lab test interpretations and creating a bio-individualized healing protocol unique to each individual client. Hmm, I wonder why we're having him on. (laughs) Obviously because he fits in perfectly to what we believe. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hey there, Kurt. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Hey, Evan, thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, we're definitely excited. I always, um, I feel like I always say this, but when I don't know the FTN practitioner um, too well, because obviously, I mean, there's thousands of us out there running around. I love getting to hear the FDN story for the first time because I just, I don't know about you, I feel like I always vibe with and connect really well with other FDNs. So it's a really special thing to hear someone else that has gone through health challenges and been able to manage them or even overcome them. So that's exactly where we're going to start today. I would love to hear a little bit about your health journey. I mean, were you someone dealing with health issues as a kid or did they not really manifest until maybe your teenage or adult years? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, there's actually kind of two parts that really got me into uh, wanting to, you know, work in integrative and holistic health and and become an FDN. And uh, I didn't start developing any health issues until a few years back. Um, I was mostly always healthy and um, at a you know healthy weight and everything like that. And then uh, I moved to Seattle back in 2015, and I wanted to pursue a career in health coaching. And I realized once I um, got into Seattle, I was kind of a, a little fish in a very big pond of health coaches. And so I needed to figure out a way to kind of really make my niche more specific. And I was working with a uh, with a chiropractor at the time, and uh, she started introducing doing blood testing, and particularly for um, omegas and some inflama- inflammatory panels. And it really got me interested into wanting doing blood testing. And so I was like, that's going to be what kind of can, you know, give me more of a niche in the health coaching arena um, and kind of set me apart from everyone else that's in that same industry. And so I started self-teaching myself. I was self-taught with, you know, doing inflammatory markers on blood tests and omega tests and CRPs and things like that. And then I came across the FDN program when I was researching some other 
uh, health coaching programs. And uh, at the time, you know, the universe didn't have everything lined up. It wasn't the good time for me to join FGN or anything like that, but it was always in the back of my mind. And then a couple years later, my sister uh, had developed thyroid cancer. And um, so we were able to treat it both holistically and with Western medication. So with Mayo Clinic and also a clinic in Tijuana um, that we'd had some experience with in the past and successfully treat her thyroid condition. But it really got me into wanting to do something more with holistic health, with um, kind of taking that integrative approach to health. And I knew at that moment, I was like, the timing has to be now. And that's how I got into um, joining FDN. And then around that time is when I started facing my own health issues. And so she was kind of the inspiration that wanted me to kind of go into this as a career. But then I started developing um, a lot of cortisol issues, some hormonal imbalances. I started gaining weight um, as much as I could, you know, as much as I tried to lose weight, the weight just wasn't going anywhere. And so then getting into the FDN training, I started realizing exactly what kind of hormone issues I was having, what kind of cortisol issues. And I've kind of been on this whole, you know, road to recovery for the past year. I've had my FDN practice, but I've really been trying to um, kind of help myself in that journey because you often find that you can put your own, you know, well-being on the back burner when you're trying to help other people. So I've been trying to figure out, you know, how to reposition that mindset to where I'm focusing on um, taking care of myself along with, you know, helping other people get healthy. All right. Awesome. Well, definitely a lot there. And I want to start by saying you were noticing that you said something really important and something that we always want to emphasize on this podcast and within this company. And that is you were using a Western and holistic approach to deal with um, this cancer, right? Uh, your family member's cancer. And mm-hmm. that is so important because we never want to be dogmatic one way or the other. We are just very big on using functional practices or Eastern practices, even when they are most effective and when they work, and then using Western when they are most effective and when they work. And for some conditions, especially when we start getting into the realm of like cancer and stuff, it's actually a lot different than autoimmunity. I I think, I mean, those are both chronic conditions in a lot of ways for many people, but cancer is like a lot more sudden. You got to really get moving a lot quicker. People can come to you 20 years after getting their autoimmune diagnosis. And certainly they've suffered a lot, right? But they're still like alive and, and good to go where, yeah, you're not really going to hear about someone with cancer for 20 years that had it the whole time. That That's just not going to work. So I think in those cases specifically, um, it is very important to integrate both sides. So I love that um, you're someone that has that philosophy because that's really um, what we're big on here. Now, I actually want to rewind a little bit because it's cool. Like your health story is a little different than most people that have come on the podcast, and I expect most people that will come on the podcast in the future are also going to be a little different. They typically have more extensive uh, battles with health. So that allows us to talk about a little more of the fun stuff. Um, I'd love to dive into some of your expertise with these inflammatory blood markers. Can you uh, go back and expand maybe like when you say omegas, like I know what you're referring to, to a degree, um, but could you tell the audience, like, what are you looking at there? And why is this a marker of inflammation? Or why can it be used as a marker of inflammation? Yeah, sure. So uh, because I was such a young, naive health coach um, back around 2015 when I was working for the the chiropractor, as I mentioned earlier, um, in one of our team meetings uh, before work one day, she said that she was starting to introduce some blood spot testing uh, that she can offer clients for omegas. 
And I was like, what is an Omega? You know, I mean, I'd, I'd heard of it before and, but didn't really know exactly what it was. And I remember the the person that I worked for, the doctor, she was like, I, I don't know. I actually, I think it's like an inflammatory marker. And it was something that was very new to her too, because it wasn't something that was, you know, just traditionally taught with um, blood pe- blood testing and, you know, chiropractic school or anything like that. But, you know, you have uh, the Omega fatty acids. So you have uh, several different types, but some are inflammatory and some are anti-inflammatory. And so it's very important to make sure that you have a balance. We were just talking about, you know, having a balance of, you know, kind of Eastern and Western medicine. You know, you want to have that same balance when it comes to omega so that you have, you know, good inflammation and and enough of the um, pro-inflammatory and the anti-inflammatory aspect to it. And so as far as with the um, blood testing for it, I tested myself uh, because, you know, I worked for the the practice, so I ended up testing myself. And then um, a friend of mine who was older in her 50s, she ended up having a heart attack. And so I just started researching so much into omegas and how they work and their impact on heart health and everything like that. So I wanted to have her tested for it and um, to see like what her inflammatory markers looked like. And then I had my dad tested as well. So I just had all these guinea pigs around me when it came to uh, getting tested and stuff like that. But what was really interesting was my friend who had had a heart attack, her inflammatory markers on the omegas and the CRP matched almost identical to my dad. And my dad hadn't had a heart attack or anything like that, but he was just kind of uh, getting into the natural health and stuff like that, kind of following along suit with me. And I started to put that together that he was not far away from having, you know, some kind of cardiac episode as well. And so I started educating uh, my friend from as I was learning about omegas. um, And she ended up quitting her job because she realized that the stress from her job was just too much. It was just she felt like, you know, the stress was what gave her a heart attack. And then she ended up quitting her job. So I kind of changed the course of her life with that. And then uh, you know, delivering the results to my dad really shifted his, uh, you know, mindset on everything. And he kind of started turning everything around too. And so it just started turning into this chain reaction where, you know, one day I'm, you know, at work and being introduced to omegas. And then I take it to a whole nother level of researching it myself. And then I started slowly changing all kinds of people's lives just from educating them about what omegas are, how they impact your heart health, things like that, um, and kind of taking that anti-inflammatory approach. And then that's what snowballed into um, after getting the FDN training and diving further into um, more testing beyond just the inflammatory part. Sure. Okay. Well, that's a great explanation. And um, I only have one more thing on that because this is, you know, I always knew, I mean, pretty much really early on, almost day one into my journey into nutrition and stuff. Like people are talking about fish and DHA um, and omega-3s. And I'm like, okay, like, great. You know, I think about that, but I never really went in depth or tested anything. Is one of the markers that you're looking for, like the ratio of omega-6s to 3s, or I guess it'd be 3s to 6s? Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. So when you're, you know, reaching for, say, a fish oil or an omega uh, supplement, you know, if you look on the back label, it's going to show how many milligrams that the the fish oil is, and then it's going to break it down even further into EPAs and DHAs um, and how much of those are in it. And so you really want to have that good 
uh, balance of both of them. And what do you, because I've heard some controversy around this. I think um, before I state this, we all know a 25 to one ratio as the average American has is not ideal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've heard a lot of debates about what ideal is. And I've heard some people say four to one is fine. I've heard some people claim that we should shoot for one to one. Do you have any insight on what we should be going for? Um, I would probably, you know, I tend to stick to the whole four to one, you know, when you're following the standard American diet or the SAD diet, like we like to call it, you know, you have so many of these, you know, pro-inflammatory omegas and very little anti-inflammatory. But there does need to be, you know, I feel like, you know, looking at the omegas, it's just a tiny bit of the puzzle. As you know, as an FDN, we're looking at all kinds of different aspects like cortisol and things like that. And so um, typically when I'm working with clients, I try to encourage the four to one ratio. That's awesome. I just, um, I, I tested for the first time recently. Like I said, I was at a seven to one, which I knew was not the worst thing in the world, but uh, you know, Hey, I'm a health coach myself guys. And even I, I like I had some work to do there and uh-huh. uh, wonderful healing opportunity that is so simple. It's a, it's a relatively cheap test compared to, you know, like a stool test or something. Right. And this is, Sometimes you get too technical and there's a time and place for that, but we don't always need to do that. We can start with something as basic as, hey, let's get the omega-3 to 6 ratios down because so many Americans, the majority of us, have way too many omega-6s in our diet, not enough 3s. So I think it's really cool that um you brought that up and it's a little bit of a different way of starting the podcast and a, truly a fun one. The last thing I'll say about the blood work, because as you and I both know, unfortunately, if anyone goes and pulls up um, lab work that they just got recently on their computer, or maybe they got the actual sheet, right? And they have it in their filing cabinet somewhere. And they're like, oh, let's pull this out and see my omega-3 ratios. They're going to realize that uh, it's not on there <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're going to need that specially ordered. So blood work is something I still need to learn plenty about, but it seemed like you had a few other markers um, that you worked with. Is there anything that would be maybe found on a typical lab work, you know, standard blood work that people could get on an annual basis that could be looked at as an inflammatory marker from like a functional perspective that people can go check? Yeah. So there's several different ones, but again, you know, like you said, Evan, they're going to look at their labs and realize that a lot of these tests aren't there because for whatever reason, I mean, we know the reasons we could, you know, have a whole nother episode about that, but, you know, because of insurance and, you know, runaround and everything like that, you know, it's really hard to get uh, your primary care doctor to order a lot of these functional tests because a lot of people, you know, from a patient's perspective, they don't, know what it is that they're needing. And from a traditional uh, medical approach, you know, they, you know, sometimes those tests are just deemed medically unnecessary. When, uh, as far as a common inflammatory marker that I think a lot of more proactive physicians would order for someone um, would be something like a CRP and a a sediment rate. Uh, A sediment rate measures inflammation by measuring how much time it takes for Uh, blood cells to fall. So they basically put the blood sample in this really tall test tube and they measure how long it takes for the blood cells to reach the bottom. Um, That can determine and like how much inflammation a person has. And then you have uh, CRP, which is a C-reactive protein. And then uh, you can also have one that's called an HSCRP, which is a high sensitivity CRP that just kind of looks into that inflammatory marker a little deeper. Um, But beyond, you know, just looking at inflammatory markers, I like to use lab testing because it looks at the entire picture. And for example, when my sister, she was a nurse, so she um, 
you know, had a nursing background and stuff, but she knew based off her symptoms that was coming up that something was going on with her thyroid. Never had any professional training with thyroid, just from working with patients and stuff in the past uh, and being in tune with her body. She knew that something was going on, um, you know, in her endocrine system. And then she had met a, a fellow patient that had thyroid cancer. And at that moment, she was like, I know that's what's wrong with me. Like I have thyroid cancer. And, you know, it's not being a hypochondriac when you're being so in tune with your body that you kind of know exactly what's going on in there. So she went to her doctor to get the uh, labs and really had to, you know, basically was like pulling teeth to get the doctor yeah. to, to run a thyroid panel. And he ran just a simple TSH. And I think it was maybe T3 and T4. And that was it. Um, came back and said, your thyroid's fine. You're healthy. And she had cancer. So she went to another doctor that was finally um, willing to do the appropriate tests. And that's when you started looking at the different antibody tests and the TPO and uh, realized that she had had Hashimoto's. And, you know, had she, you know, found out before her first pregnancy that she had Hashimoto's and kind of treated that appropriately and, and tried to, you know, uncover those healing opportunities, there's a good chance she may have never developed thyroid cancer. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, going back to how you were saying when you a patient looks at the blood work they just recently had, they're not going to see a lot of these different blood tests on there because they're just not in a routine to order. You and I, we're trained to have that, you know, functional mindset where we don't just look at one thing. We look at the entire big picture. I mean, that's what holistic health is. That's what holism is. You're looking at the body as a whole. Um, so when I do blood work with any client, it doesn't matter if you're coming with chronic migraines or you have weight issues. Um, I have pretty much the same blood work that I run on every client, and that's going to be a full thyroid panel, um, all kinds of inflammatory markers, you know, and then in addition to your basic blood chemistry and stuff like that, because you have your regular like cholesterol and, you know, things like that, that yes, you need to keep an eye on, you need to lower, but if you uncover those deeper healing opportunities like thyroid health and hormone issues, all that other stuff is just going to end up balancing itself out down the road anyway, once it begins to be addressed. Yeah, that was very well said. And one of the things with um, the blood work, and it's just really cool as I'm getting more into it myself, I'm finding, you know, you can actually look at even standard blood work that maybe would be run by Western practitioners and just actually find some functional well, you can give a functional analysis to that is what I'm trying to say. So very mm -hmm. cool. And thank you for your insight there. It's pretty clear. Um, you've studied this stuff just a little bit, <laughs> the way you're yeah. rattling some of those things off. So that's amazing. Now, I want to get back to you joining FDN and going through that. And because obviously, you know, that's an interesting time for you because you're kind of dealing with your own health issues. What were some of the things that you were discovering on the labs when you were doing the ones that we require, obviously, in the FDN course? Um, was there anything you found there that like you had either never heard of before or you totally weren't expecting? Yeah, I, I think that a big, you know, as you know, a big core of FDN training and everything is you know, looking at cortisol, because, you know, we have our five tests that we run on all clients. And and when I talk about those tests, those are separate from the blood work ones that uh, I run on clients as well. Um, but, you know, I've always known 
you know, that cortisol was a stress hormone. I always knew that cortisol was, a you know, your body's response to uh, like an external stressor or even an internal stressor. Uh, but really getting into the hormone testing and realizing how many different types of estrogen we have and, um, you know, making sure that everything like that, that, you know, you could be estrogen dominant or you could have, you know, too much cortisol, too low cortisol. And in my particular case, I didn't have really any cortisol at all. My cortisol output was greatly diminished. And that was correlating to how I was feeling at that time. Like it was very hard to get out of bed. I had no energy. Um, you know, I was gaining weight. Then, like I said, you know, as much as I could do to try and lose weight, I just couldn't lose weight. Um, but really probably the hormone testing was the biggest one that um, I didn't know anything about. And it was the, the most impactful for me in my health journey. Very cool. And yeah, I was um, a little freaked out when I first saw mine. I was kind of entering that, you know, what we would call or refer to as the exhaustive phase, which is something we've kind of talked about on this podcast before. Is that the same phase that you were in or was it more like a compensatory type of thing? Yeah, no, I was in exhaustive phase. Oh, geez. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So I always I'm running on fumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, again, a, a different kind of episode because we've already been talking a lot about lab stuff, but I mean, people are here to learn and obviously you have a ton of knowledge to share. So I think this is worth going into even with your episode as well. I love um, talking about things that the FDN practitioners found on the specific FDN labs and then kind of what they did with that stuff. So we've talked about the exhaustive phase before on this podcast a few episodes ago. So I'm like trying to think like, all right, what can we switch up here? Now, what I'd love to know, and this might just be something that worked for Kurt specifically, we're not necessarily saying um, everyone out there should be doing it, but are there like some supplements or easy wins that people can use or that you used during that exhaustive phase? Because of course, that's a lifestyle conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to have some things to boost the person up to help them feel motivated because exhaustive certainly uh, might not feel so motivating. So could you tell us a little bit about that? And if there any is anything that can support the body during that time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this again, you know, is in my specific case. And um you know, working with someone one-on-one -on -one is when you start to kind of uncover exactly what the person needs. And that's the beauty of being an FDN is there's no two protocols that are the same because everybody's so unique. But I, I like to take the least amount of supplements as possible. I always have, I have, you know, a closet full of supplements for any type of situation, but I like to take the least amount as possible. And I have this, uh, joke slash motto that I have um, in my practice, and it's say no to supplements. And I say that because it always raises people's eyebrows. And they're like, you work in natural health. Why are you saying no to supplements? Why are they bad? And it's just because you see one on the end cap at Target that says it's going to help your heart or it's going to help your thyroid or something like that. You don't want to reach for it automatically because there's a claim on the packaging that says this is what it's going to do. You have to have a better understanding of you know the ingredients that or in them and everything like that. And so I tried to take the same approach with myself by taking the least amount that would have the biggest impact. And I started with um, some of the most common ones that was like taking ashwagandha and um, I took rhodiola and a couple other adaptogenic herbs to kind of boost the, uh, and help the adrenals. But the thing that I was working on most was trying to help detox the liver because, you know, the liver's kind of your central hub for, dealing with all the toxins in your body. And I realized through a combination of the FDN labs and the blood work that I was having some um, liver issues. And, you know, there was some uh, 
fatty liver that was developing and stuff. So I didn't really take the first approach of diving straight into saying, let's help the adrenals, because I knew in my case, I needed to work on the liver first. I totally actually, it's not so much the liver thing, but I agree with that as a general principle. Like when I see stuff on the hormone labs, I'm like, okay, great. If we can support this awesome, but it's rarely, if this makes sense, it's rarely an issue of hormones themselves. It's everything else that's going on in our body and what we're doing that are leading to, um, you know, burnt out hormones or something like that. So it's just, it's a cool thing too. I mean, there are things out there that can really help. I love that you mentioned like ashwagandha and stuff. Um, It's a great thing, but we still have to go and look and find what are the lifestyle implications that are causing that um, for this person? And so I'm curious, like with you, what was one of the most insightful things that you learned in the FDN course, just in general for your own health issues? Because I feel like you were a guy that was pretty aware of this stuff beforehand. So I'm kind of, I'm curious what was going on that, you know, led to all these other things. Like really the first time you're dealing with health issues was while you're going through it. Um, Like, what do you think caused that? If you know. Um, I would probably say the, the sleep and the whole rest part of it, because I had the, you know, adrenal and cortisol issues, which was making it really difficult to get up in the morning. You know, some people would label it as being lazy. Um, and as you know, when you have adrenal fatigue and stuff like that, it's going to, it's a very real thing. And so I thought I just wasn't getting enough rest. You know, I needed to, you know, you know, have a better sleep schedule and things like that. But really understanding, you know, going to bed by 10 o'clock and, you know, having an understanding of the fact that, um, you know, the, the body's resting two hours before midnight is, you know, more restoration than in the four hours after, because we are diurnal humans. We're, you know, up during the day and asleep at night. Uh, there's so much restoration that was happening before midnight and my sleep schedule was all off. I was, I'd never had graveyard shifts with work or anything like that. You know, I kind of had a regular nine to five, but I was going to bed at like four in the morning and, you know, I was never dimming the lights and, you know, it's just always um, had the TV on, you know, had all the bright lights on and everything. And it wasn't setting myself up for a conducive night of sleep because, you know, I wasn't producing the adequate amount of melatonin you know, because I had the blue light from the electronic devices I was working on, the bright overhead lights, like nothing in my lifestyle at that time was setting me up for, you know, rest, a restful night's sleep and restoration. I got to ask, man, with a normal nine to five, what's, what the heck's keeping you up till 4 a.m.? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> you know, I realized that uh, in my labs that I'd drawn that I had basically no melatonin production as well. So nothing was really making me tired, despite the fact that my body was exhausted. Um, but, you know, I, I just was, I guess I had insomnia going into it as well. Because, I mean, even if I was to go to bed early, you know, it's not like I would fall asleep and I'm just sitting there, you know, counting the dots on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. The reason I had brought up that question originally um, with the you know, hormone test and what was leading to that is because I thought the sleep thing is what you were going to say. When I got into FDN, I was already like eating organic. I was doing super well. And I'm starting this, you know, as a guy in my early 20s. So you think I'd have like a lot of, you know, vital reserve too still and whatever. And yet I'm in the exhaustive phase. Well, the one thing that I never thought about, Kurt, is 
that eight hours is not necessarily eight hours referring to sleep. I was a chronic night owl. I loved staying up late and I would voluntarily just stay up till three or four in the morning, but I would try to sleep till 11 or 12. As silly as it sounds now, I just did not know what I didn't know. And I'd wake up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, eat my organic food that was, you know, super high quality and never think twice about the sleep factor. And that's how you get into the exhaustive phase, uh, you know, of HPA axis dysfunction. So as you've uh, transitioned and you obviously started a practice, so that's really cool that you went from, you know, kind of working with this chiropractor before and then you know, got into this work yourself. I just think that's like fun. Um, let's talk about some maybe client successes that we've had over the last year. Like, is there any client that really sticks out like that you've really been able to help a lot that has a cool story? Yeah, actually. So, um, I started out in right near the end of my, uh, completing the FDN program, uh, because I still was a health coach at the time and stuff. I was working with, um, some friends and family, you know, trying to share what I was learning as I was learning it. I told you earlier, you know, I like to have a lot of guinea pigs in my life. Um, but the one that stuck out the most for me was a friend of mine that um, had uterine fibroids. She had uh, a difficult time trying to get pregnant, had very painful menstrual cycles. And so I was working with her on, you know, different things and helped her figure out what was going on as far as hormonal imbalances, what she needs to do to kind of help regulate that. And three months later, she was pregnant and she now has a one-year-old baby girl. Um, So that's the one that sticks out the most because it was little tiny changes in that person's life, shifting them. And now she's a mother. Kurt, I think but uh, by the time your episode's out, it's kind of tough to say what number this is. But I'll tell you this. It's definitely going to be under 20 episodes by the time yours is out and people are listening to this. There have already been at least four people who have also said this when I've asked that question about the client success. Now, different mm-hmm. things going on, right? But it is amazing what can happen to the body when it is treated right. You know, we got infertility clinics popping up left and right. People spend tens of thousands of dollars on this stuff to, you know, try to have a baby. I mean, I've never attempted that in my life, but I can imagine that's a pretty emotional experience, you know, and then to have that kind of taken away from you or feel like you can't do it has to be awful. Um, But on the flip side, to have it given back and provide what you provided to this person has to be amazing. So since it comes up so often, I'd like to ask, I mean, I I think I know the answer here, but everyone has like a little different flavor on their flavor and twist of their theory. Like, why do you think that we're seeing such high levels of um, infertility in these problems? Is it just because there's so much stress on the body or like, what is your reasoning behind that? Uh, Well, obviously I don't, you know, really specialize in women's health and stuff. And my caveat to, uh, you know, talking about that particular client is the fact that I don't specialize in fertility or women's health. I know there are some FDNs that, uh, you know, a lot of FDNs kind of pick their niche of clientele that they work with. And there's a lot of FDNs that focus on that, but it just shows how powerful it is. Like you said, when you're taking care of your body and how powerful, you know, we are as FDNs, but by just making a couple changes can have a huge impact like that. But to kind of answer your question about, 
you know, what's impacting fertility and stuff. I think it's just a number of factors. You have, you know, most people following, you know, that standard American diet, that highly processed foods. And then you have, you know, people like yourself that was, you know, eating organic and eating healthy, but not taking into account all these other aspects. But, you know, you have, I've done many heavy metal tests on clients in the past, and it is astronomical at the amount of heavy metal toxicity that they have. Um, you know, so between things like heavy metal toxicity and the standard American diet, the stress that we have, the stress that we're facing, you know, in this day and age at work is far different than the stress at work our grandparents had, you know, back in the day. And, you know, we're just progressively going into more of a stressful type uh, era. You know, we're living in an on-demand type era. We want our coffee prepared instantly. We want our movies to be ready to play, you know, at a push of a button. You know, we want our prime packages to be here in two days. So we live in this on-demand rush, rush, rush type lifestyle. And that really starts manifesting into into your health and how people are progressing into, um, you know, a, a very unhealthy state. Well said. All right. So tonight I have three more questions for you to finish up. And question number one is something that I think it just naturally kind of got skipped over. Right? I don't know why I forgot, but um, it's one of the more important questions on the podcast because I want to know how we can get as many people involved in this as possible. How did you get open to the natural side of things and working for a chiropractor, wanting to become a health coach? Like, were you born into that? Like your family followed that philosophy or, you know, you had an aha moment, like not everyone buys into that. So I'm curious what made Kurt buy into it. Yeah, I, I had an aha moment and um, <clears throat> I had taken in college, you know, a couple, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a couple healthy living classes and stuff like that. And I remember the first thing that I learned was what a partially hydrogenated oil was and how awful they were for you. And so I went home and I was pulling everything out of my pantry and I was writing with the Sharpie, a giant X on the ingredient label of everything that had a, you know, partially hydrogenated oil. And I realized like everything in the cabinet had hydrogenated oils in it. And so that was like my first introduction into, okay, I need to pay attention to reading the label, reading what, you know, calories and proteins and carbs and stuff like that. And those big ingredients that you want to avoid, you know, like, um, you know, unsaturated fats and things like that, but the, or, or saturated fats, sorry. Um, but it really wasn't until one day I was on my way to the grocery store and I remember I was sitting in the chair getting my shoes on and I had PBS on in the background and I saw a presentation by JJ Virgin and she um, really introduced me into leaky gut and stuff like that. And so I think it was like a one or two hour program. And so I'm in the middle of getting my shoes on to head out the door to go grocery shopping. And I'm just like captivated by this, what she's talking about, about inflammatory foods. People can be allergic to gluten. You know, I didn't even know what gluten was at the time and um, <laughs> where it was hiding. And, you know, it's like, does water have gluten in it? Does a banana have gluten in it? And so I just kind of got really interested in all of this about leaky gut and food intolerances. And I was hearing JJ Virgin talk about it. Well, fast forward, I ended up watching the entire, you know, uh, presentation that she had. And I went to the grocery store and I started buying like all organic food and I was buying um, really healthy, you know, food items, really paying attention to the labels, uh, things like that. And it was, I was buying gluten-free foods and stuff like that and foods free of, you know, common allergens. And so in that moment, in that brief hour of getting my shoes on to head out the door to the grocery store, my life got changed at that moment. I was like, I want to go into you know, the holistic health field 
in any way I can. And I thought since I was too old to go back to become a naturopath or a chiropractor or something like that, health coaching was my best way to get into it. And then, like I said, I moved to Seattle to pursue the health coaching. And then I realized I wanted to take it a step further. I wanted to be able to help as many people as possible, as uniquely as possible. I didn't want to say, you know, this is what a protein is. This is what a carb is. You need to eat this way and, you know, go on. I wanted to really come up with a way that I could help tailor a health protocol for an individual person and not have that one size fits all approach. Very, very cool. Well, I'm glad I asked about that. And I was laughing so hard when you said the part about um, <laughs> does like water have gluten in it? I have a good buddy and, you know, bless his soul, but he is just not into this stuff and doesn't really get it no matter how many times I've taught him about it. And, you know, he will text or call me or whatever. We're roommates for a while. He's like, yo, man, is this got gluten in it? And he pulls out like, you know, a stalk of asparagus or something. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. This is how this works, you know, um, but uh -huh. when you first get into it, it is, uh, it certainly feels like it's in everything. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. My next question is, Kurt, where can people find you? They're like listening. They're like, wow, this is a smart guy. I want to get the blood work done. Where can they find you? So my practice is Stratman Family Wellness and it's just stratmanfamilywellness.com. And of course, guys, we will have that in the show notes so that you can find that. Um, all right. My final question is my favorite question of the podcast as these poor listeners have to hear every single time that I bring it up. But <laughs> all right, as functional practitioners, we know that we cannot blanket statement anything. And there's always like, you know, you even mentioned it yourself. No protocol is exactly the same. This is like a humor me moment where we just have a little fun. If Kurt had a magic wand and you could control everyone in the world and you got to either make them engage in one health habit or get them to stop doing one habit what is that one thing that you would get them to do or get them not to do? Um, if I had that magic wand, it wouldn't really be a habit to make them do, but I would make people get rid of the, you know, eons old beach body mentality of having stuff that um, you need to uh, have a beach body. You need to get ready and, you know, buy into, you know, multi-level marketing for smoothies and shakes in order to, you know, be ready for the beach or at New Year's. You see this propaganda and advertisements of, you know, people in bikinis and with six packs and saying, are you beach body ready? You know, summer's right around the corner. I hate that mentality. I think it's a toxic mindset. And I feel like if you have a body, then you have a beach body. Oh, well, I think that is a very relevant point that many people don't often think about. What I've learned from years in this space is that just because you look pretty dang good on the outside does not mean you look pretty dang good on the inside. In fact, without exaggeration, some of the sickest people I've ever met are those in the bodybuildings and weightlifting uh, spaces. So it's pretty scary. That does not mean that everyone that looks good is going to have bad insides, but don't equate those things and don't get them mistaken. True health is being asymptomatic. It is having good labs. That's what that is, okay? So your body does not necessarily need to be jacked up and huge with a six-pack to have those things. And in fact, often the attempt to attain 
such a body can lead to those other two things not going well, meaning you have symptoms and your labs don't work so well. I think that's a great note to end on, and I want to thank you all for listening to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and we've been talking to Mr. Kurt Stratman. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot to us, and the biggest reason I care about this is because that simple rating helps us get higher in the rankings and it allows more people to hear this information. People in general, the majority of people at least, do not know that this stuff exists. I do not care if you choose all Western. I don't care if you choose all natural or a little mix of both like we typically promote. I care that you have a choice. And right now in the world, people do not have a choice. They think that they can only take this one path and it's not true. And that's not fair. So if you want to help us fight that, it's as simple as doing something as sharing this podcast or rating it. And of course, there's a million other things that you can do. Use some common sense. What is going to get this information out there to the most people? Go do that even for a few minutes a day. And it's going to have a ripple effect, especially with things like social media and the internet. So I'll get off the soapbox. But you know, I always got to say that because it's super, super important to me. I wish I knew this information earlier. I wish my family knew this information earlier. I think we would have saved lives. I think we would have had a few more organs um, in us cumulatively because people have had organs removed and certainly would have had years less of suffering. But it is what it is. We got to do what we got to do and turn that into a positive. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again, and thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.